forever. Eternity. You don't need people anymore. Nothing you can do about it. Content. Nothing you can do. Content. You will be mashed up, cut up, repackaged for someone else's need. And the world's largest media company <laughs> creates no content. Yeah, we're not producing the content. <laughs> we're allowing users to, to share. I hereby declare this to be an unlawful assembly. I want to know what they're talking about amongst themselves. And I want to spread that content to the people who aren't this content yet. It's normal for some things to come to your attention. And welcome to another episode of Are We Content? Where I'm your host. They call me Mr. X indeed, but you can call me Chud. And as always, I'm here with Moral Bob. Bob, how are you doing tonight? Man. I'm always good when it's time to record this show. I know, um, right? It's, it's my favorite time of the week to, now. Yeah, I have the ability. We're men, so we can compartmentalize. Uh-huh. Um, and, man, anything else just kind of goes away. And I'm like, sweet, it's time to freaking do a show. We can we can uh, actually get into some shit and talk about some shit. Yeah, man. And, well, I get to shoot the shit with my friend, so... Yeah, right. Like, not not to say I don't get into shit constantly, and I'm doing stuff all the time. I'm talking to people. I talk to people every day of my life, but I don't really want to. Yeah, <laughs> for the most yeah. part. I well, I have to like out in the world with normies, man. You kind of have to muzzle yourself a bit. Oh yeah, you know I have to reel my shit back a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I do all the time just to stay in polite company with, say, coworkers, for instance. It's uh, I don't know. It's not that I'm afraid to speak my mind in front of these people. It's just um, it just makes the day to day for the most part. I don't want to get into deep conversations with idiots. So if right. I start talking, if I start talking about deep shit, which I do sometimes anyway, and usually I end it before they do, because I just realize, fuck, man, I'm wasting my time. I'm talking to a 20 year old who's in college who believes X, Y, or Z. And I'm just questioning that. And I, what's the point of this? This is, I would much rather keep my headphones in and listen to a podcast where I'm listening to people actually question things, (laughs) you know? Uh, Although I do, I do get a lot of um, food for my thoughts from uh, said 20 year old college students, because when I'm not engaging with them and I pull one earbud out and I just listen for a little bit to some of the stuff they say, it's fucking amazing. Oh God! It's a, a you know, a, an example of this is uh, I work with one black guy and the black guy had worked there for a while. I never really knew him. I just, he was on the other side of the, the clock for me and it got a, kind of thrown on to me a couple months back. Like, yeah, this guy's going to be your new partner. You're going to be working with him. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And everyone was just like, it's be careful, man. He, he like really sucks. Like you can't correct him on anything. He, uh, you know, he gets these ideas in his head and it's like, it's like, you can't, he, you can't really talk to him. One person even said, oh yeah, man, that's going to be tough for you. Cause he like lives in a different realm than us. And I'm like going, oh fuck, is this guy just dumb as shit? I was convinced before actually working side by side with him that he was dumb as shit, especially these are all like 20 to 28 year old liberal college students or former college students. And, uh, you know, I, 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 the last thing that I'm thinking is that they're going to be 
judging him by the color of his skin to be saying these things. I'm thinking they're just telling me, hey, man, the guy's slow and he's dumb. As soon as I started working with him, I was really bummed from all these conversations, you know, these three or four conversations I'd had. And then I start to get to know him. And yeah, he's a little quiet, but he is more (laughs) responsible. He's only 18. Oh, wow. And he takes more responsibility than anybody else from there. Just in a, in a personal sense, he he's actually from Africa. Uh, he's he was adopted when he was six years old. I've had all these conversations with him. I've gotten to know him real well. And I mentioned these things to some of these liberals and they're like, what? I don't think you're supposed to say he's from Africa. And I'm like, no, no. He's like he was born in Africa and he was adopted here. He has white parents and this and that. And, and they're just like, how do you know these things? He, he doesn't talk to anybody. And I'm like, have you ever talked to him? Have you ever fucking talked to him? <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I, I mean, watched this picture unfold that all these fucking anti-racist liberal fucking pieces of shit. They're all racist. Every one of them oh, are fucking racist. And dude, I've always said that. I've always the most said that. racist group. But when I, when you, when you, when I come into it from this angle like this, it's like, shit, you guys are exact. I, I wish I was just full of shit. When I say that, the, that you people are the most racist people there are but I'm not. <laughs> and you guys are proving that to me. Mm-hmm. So, so clearly I'm convinced that all those guys that I'm describing, they're all sexist, racist. They're even maybe homophobic. Um, it's just, they, they spend, I'll, I'll put it this way. They talk about race so much more <laughs> than any of us ever do. Any of us, they, they have no problem calling people like us racist for whatever we say. Right. But we're not ever actually discussing race. They are literally, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to, to determine what is and isn't cultural appropriation. Is that okay? Is it okay that we make a burrito? Am I allowed to make a burrito anymore? Cause that's kind of like cultural appropriation. I'm sitting there thinking you fucking idiots. That's an American food. That's based on, well, on not only that, but we have forgotten a very, what used to be a very common phrase, right? What is it? Uh, imitation is the purest form of flattery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's not a cultural appropriation if you're doing it um, in respect, right? Because yeah, because like, you like, or, like or the clothes or the in food. Fun. Like, like if it's fucking Cinco de Mayo and I put a goddamn sombrero <laughs> and a poncho on, I'm not being racist. I'm being festive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like. It's it's just gone to a part of of to like it's just silly. It's just mm-hmm. we live in this silly fucked up world, man. When we see it from our view, it's just this crazy, crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Like like we have stepped outside of whatever that is. I was I was explaining it to my son the other day, and I said, uh, I said fucking humans, and he goes, Dad, you're human. And I said, I said, look, either they're human and I'm not them or, <laughs> or I'm human and they're not me. Yeah. Like, I don't know which one the term human applies to, but we aren't the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm tired of pretending that we are. We're not like, living in the same reality for that. Right. Matter. They no. don't see things the same as we do. To, to call back on the phrase that someone said of the black guy, we're living in a different realm. Yeah, no shit that guy lives in a different realm than me 
because he believes that we're on a ball, you know, <laughs> right. uh, but, but all of you are, and it's not, I don't know. It's, um, it, it's also to, I, I hate humans as well. I hate pretty much all of the fucking humans, but that isn't to say there aren't some decent ones, but you know, it's like on its face. When you say, I hate this group of people, a lot of the time, most of the time, I think the intention behind that isn't about the individual people. It's that group. Typically, typically we're talking about a nation, you know, like you say, um, uh, I hate uh, Ukrainians or I hate right. Russians. And are you talking about the individuals or are you talking about their fucking government? When I say I hate Americans, am I talking about any any one person in America? No. I'm talking, I hate America. I hate this fucking, this government and all these things that go on here. I hate the cultural, appro not appropriation, the, the, the fear of cultural appropriation that we're talking about. I, there are right. so many things that I fucking hate about all of these people around me. And that's not, that's because I, I separate myself from them. And I separate, I'll, I'll gladly separate any one individual from that human category if they sit down and talk. If they if they actually want to go there and if they and if they're only curious, if they're only like a little ways there, they're willing to question some things and stuff. Then I'm like, cool, you're starting to shed that human or or gain. I really I think of it more as uh, we are the humans, you and me, Bob, they're gaining their humanity by beginning to question these things. As soon as they question it and they stop drinking the water with the fluoride in it one step closer to being human, as soon as they start realizing this or that is poison one step closer to being human as soon as they start to realize that what's being taught in universities is not truth and it's 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 false education and things like that one step closer to being human yeah i think maybe that is just all we're trying to reach is humanity right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's uh it's, it's, it's a wild thing man i like i never thought like i knew the world was fucked up when I was younger, right? Like I, I've always kind of hated society and and government and all of these things, but it's just gone to this extreme level now. Like the shit is so sideways. Mm -hmm. Like I begged for like the eighties, and the eighties were fucked up. I ran Contra and like just like cocaine just Reagan, everywhere. The DEA distributing Dude, cocaine and then busting people for it massive massive advancement in the state apparatus mm -hmm. um funding i mean there was massive spending debt ceiling going up like i mean a lot of this shit we're going through now it's just exponential you know every every year gets exponentially worse um but god man give me the 80s i'll take give any, me the 80s i'll take any time before today even more so before 2020 and Shit, 2011 then, and then I every mean, year back i yeah. I'll, I'll take it all the way to at least like 1913 with the with uh uh it, it, uh starting the income tax and you know the fed was either right before or right after that you know and all those things it's like talk about a different world but you know what if we if we were podcasting back then, which I know is an impossibility, but if we were having these types of conversations back then, we would probably sound a lot alike, like we do today. 
because we were seeing people move towards income tax and a central bank and going so far away from gold standards and things like that, that we would be like, oh, no, 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 this isn't good. But it was all part of the conditioning that had led up in the prior 100 years from then to that to that point, you know, it's yeah, it's I like an always just, moving. Yeah, yeah, it's this constantly churning thing that's just eating everything in its path. Mm-hmm. it's just it's just consuming mm-hmm. <laughs> but to pivot there are good things mm-hmm. to and one of those things we had talked about is music yes and yes. and you know i used to say like um the world's fucked up there's a lot of different people doing a lot of different shit in the world, but the one thing that unites every single person in the world was music. I mean, you can go to a tribe in the middle of nowhere on some island that nobody knows about, and they will have music. Mm-hmm. They will have it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it, it is in us. For some reason, we have to create sound. I think it's a part of, you know, as we were talking before, the becoming more human. Another way that I might have phrased that at different times in my life is uh, to be higher minded. We're, we're on a search to be higher minded. And when I was, oh, I don't know, 15 and taking LSD for the first time, uh, oh, that I, I found a serious, like higher minded aspect to listening to music. Like so much so that I could get lost in some music that like would just, it would, it would take me away. My opinions of music have changed a lot, not of individual music, but just of what music is. Cause now I'm a little afraid to let some music take me away because I kind of see all music. It's hypnotism, you know, it's uh, it's, and, and I think even in that tribal sense that you're talking about, like that idea of like a rhythm and a consistent, like just getting into something, a rain dance, is like a way of hypnotizing yourself and hypnotizing the people around you. I'm not saying hypnotize necessarily in a negative sense, but it opens your mind to the possibility of a negative sense. And that's why there's music in every commercial you've ever heard. Mm. That's why Oh yeah. Our, our lives are filled with music. It's everywhere. You can't you can't get away from it at this point in time. And most of it is very calculated music. It's not just um it's not, oh, if someone likes this. It's they're they're like, oh, this will make you more susceptible to wanting to buy a new car. <laughs> you know, oh, dude, have you listened to like the radio lately? Yeah. So I hadn't in a long time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I listened to, you know, Pandora or whatever on my phone. Oh, okay, music radio. And not so, so much. Not nearly so yeah, much. Yeah, like like radio. Mm-hmm. And so in this work truck that I have. Um, I think it's old enough. There's not Bluetooth. There's not like an auxiliary cord. I mean, it's not that old, but it's just a base model work truck. Yeah. And so it doesn't have any of, of the stuff. It doesn't have Bluetooth or anything. So I'm actually listening to the radio, and which, is uh, you know, originally I was like, oh, cool. I got radio now. Yeah. I haven't yeah. done this in a while. Uh-huh. It's really bad. I bet. Holy shit, dude. Um. I was, I'll just like scan because I go between cities and stuff. So I have to change radio stations. 
and I'll scan, dude, and I'll come across something that sounds really stupid, whether it's some mumble rap or whatever, and I'll just stop and listen to it for a little bit and yeah. see if I can identify lyrics. And man, it is some of the dumbest shit. <laughs> now, and I know every old person says that about the young people's music. Sure. But like I nobody looks back at Led Zeppelin and goes, Yeah, that's still trash. Like, mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Any old person now that knows better, like they like you're not looking back on that stuff and going, Yeah, it's trash. It, it, what well, they're putting out now is like intentionally dumbed down. So I, I do get a, a heavy dose of modern popular music, but not from the radio. It's from those those same 20 to 27 year olds yeah. I was just talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, none of which ever play like an album or an artist. They only do um, AI recommended. Oh, you like this song? Then this is the next song. Uh, like Pandora. But I think they would look at me like I was an old, old piece of shit if I asked them about Pandora. I don't know if Pandora is still a thing. Um, it is. I love it. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's all. I, I like Pandora. All right. Um, but they there, you know, there's a variety of different types, particularly rap is fucking amazing to me these days. I don't know if these are radio friendly, radio available artists that these people are listening to. I don't know what pretty much any of it is. But the amount of rap that I hear that you talks about vaccines and COVID is fucking insane. And it's not like you and I talking about these things. It's like it's like lines like, oh, she she wants my dick like she wants the vaccine, you know, type type lines uh, or, um, it, you know, if I, I'm so I my my lyrics are so contagious, you'll catch me like COVID, you know, type type lines shit like that because that's just part of that's just the culture we live in today so new rappers that's what they're that's what they're rapping about those are the those are the rhymes those are the words that are in our vocabulary and see i like other than just like the flu like generic the flu Mm -hmm. i don't think anybody like would mention it in a song i'm trying to think of a song that would reference well like you got like hot-blooded you know check it and see i got a temperature of 103 you know right they're, they're talking about you know like being sick i guess <laughs> you know yeah like they're, they're referencing like i'm so hot that it's like i'm sick you know uh which is like especially back then and you know even still today it's kind of funny you know it's kind of it's kind of mm-hmm. it's got its place it's it's now Great that's song. so iconic that it is what it is but uh you know, to say I'm so hot, it's like I got the fever from COVID. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's it, when you when you mention COVID or vaccines, it's like I, I mean, when I hear these things, my radars start going off. You know, I'm like, oh, what are these people singing about? And I tune in and start trying to listen, and it's all just as dumb. What from what I can pick up, it seems to be just as dumb and empty-headed as most pop music always has been it's just about getting laid and you know getting high getting laid you know uh doing shit you know i don't know it's not it's not like it's um there's not more of a message uh or anything like that not that there isn't hasn't always been bands with messages uh but it's not it's it's not prevalent in what i hear that's for sure yeah i 
don't remember what song I heard. I said, man, it was it was bad. It had to be what they call mumble rap mm-hmm. because yeah, it, it was hard to decipher English words. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I could, it was like bitches and like I was just like, this is what's playing on the radio. Like, what is going mm-hmm. on? What happened to good music? I mean, because we look back in in the '90s, man, there was man just stellar music being put out in the '90s. Um, it was before we got on. I had a Ween song in my head. There was just so many like crazy out there bands in the mm-hmm. '90s, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if that still kind of exists. Like, is there a new kind of movement that's like, I don't know. I guess. Uh, I guess it was that Pacific Northwest that cranked out so much in the nineties. Sure. With the grunt, the grunge rock scene. Well, and just kind of everything up in that area. Like there was a lot of different stuff that came out of there. The grunge was the most popular, but well, even a when, lot of music. Uh, uh, even was Ween out was from um, yeah, Bend, Bend Oregon. Yeah. I saw Ween once um, here in Bellingham and uh, that was, uh, it was a great show. Really great show. Uh, Lanny was actually also there. It was before we'd met, <clears throat> but uh, we just, we discovered <laughs> this awesome. after we were married, like, Oh yeah, yeah. I saw him. <laughs> yeah. You know. But, uh, but that was, they were on tour and it was kind of the middle of the tour, even though they're from Ben, they've been out through the Midwest and coming up and they're heading up to Canada next. And they canceled their tour after Bellingham because Bellingham did them in and they had to check into rehab afterwards. and i think that was like a turning point for the band they kind of disappeared for a few years after that and now they think they're both sober like for real like kind of a thing um one of them got into got into fishing he's still he's in he's in oregon and he runs like a a fishing charter deal where he takes people out fishing and stuff you can you can hire uh dean or gene i don't remember which one lanny if she could hear me would be screaming at me ween's her favorite band so she knows oh she knows really all, all the shit about those guys <laughs> yeah man i i love those those dudes man they would they put out just crazy awesome music mm-hmm. um that was just so different at the time yeah you know yeah it, it well they're really cool that nobody was doing they're eclectic in that you know like one minute you're listening and it's like damn man this is like the beatles but better you know and then and then the next minute it's like it's like just real hard, dirty rock, like motorhead type dirty rock. And other times it's just getting so psychedelic and weird and just out there kind of stuff. They, they, they kind of take you in each of their albums is like a little, little journey. Yeah. Pure guava is. Oh yeah. Man, that's a, that album and chocolate and cheese is probably my favorite ween album. I think the mollusk is probably probably my favorite mollusk dude i always forget about the mollusk yeah mollusk is is so good but they have they have a ton when like i said they're lanny's favorite band they weren't my favorite band i'd seen them and stuff they were definitely on my radar i liked them um but then before we were married i bought her for a birthday or something a a zune remember zunes what it was a, a Zune. Uh, a Zune was a competitor to the iPod when the iPod was was new. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Microsoft's version of that. I had one. 
it was my first MP3 player and I, I really dug it. I never really liked the iPod. I didn't like iTunes or Mac, but I liked it was real simple and easy to use. And I found her one that was pretty cheap uh, and used and I erased everything off of it and was loading it up. And I said to my friend, I had this friend, I called him Crunchy Chris because he was a real crunchy dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was everyone's weed dealer. Um, and, and like, you're into ween. Like, do you think, cause he, and he also had a Zune. I was like, can I give you this Zune and have you put some ween on here for me with your computer or whatever? He's like, oh yeah, dude, I'll hook you up. And he brought that thing back. We still have all the files. It was, uh, dude, that's it right. was like, it was like 160 different ween that had, it was like every basic album that existed at the time. Plus like demos from all of them. Like, like if there was a second disc, you know, of like uh, unreleased material <laughs> for every single album, then it wow. then like, then like on top of all of that, like a hundred live shows, we've never listened to all of it. It's, it's, it's hours and hours and yeah. hours of just ween. You'd have to be insane to actually listen to all of it. <laughs> you would go insane if you listened yes. <laughs> to that much ween. Like that would, that would drive you absolutely crazy. And I bet it would drive you crazy if for no other reason, some of those live shows probably sound like shit. They're not from the soundboard. Someone with a, with a talk boy, a talk boy from home alone, you know, in the back, just recording it there. (laughs) Well, and Ween's like, I haven't seen them live myself, but I've seen their live concerts and like, they're a fun show to see, but they, they don't sound great. Mm. Like for some reason, and it, it could just be that the audio quality of whatever that it was doing but um like i like ween in like surround sound like i like it to engulf me Uh uh and and i i I must say i really like their studio stuff like they they spend time in the studio they're not just like recording it live and calling it good you know putting it out as an album they're they're layering those things that's why it's so interesting to me i like layered music stuff where they keep going in and adding more and more gives it so much depth and you can have that left right channel and all of that kind of stuff their stuff requires that on a lot of songs yes like captain fantasy is a song you have to hear almost in surround sound like you have to hear it kind of because it goes across and head back like so many times it'll come from behind you and move across like that song's crazy what they were able to do with some of those effects yes yeah i got super into the sound the sound of music not the movie uh (laughs) the sound of recordings uh a long time ago when i was uh when i was a teenager around 15 around the time that i was taking lsd and finding a higher minded way of listening to music. That's not, that's not connected at all. Huh? I'm sure it's not. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, and, well, this will take it right to that drugs. I'm sure to say that uh, my life was forever changed one day. I was really, I was a punk and metal kid. And those were, those were my jams. I didn't like the grunge rock. Like you said, the Pacific Northwest where I was, everybody was wearing flannel and listening to Nirvana and I had to be different. I was more into like the eighties hair metal <laughs> and shit like that really. But as I was getting into kind of expanding my musical horizons, someone said, Hey dude, you ever checked out Hawkwind? And I was like, no, never heard of that. What are you talking about? And he said, Oh, it's Lemmy from Motorhead. It's his old psychedelic band. And I was like, Hmm, I, I like Motorhead. I'll check it out. 
Have you ever heard Hawkwind, Bob? No, I'm going to have to listen to it. Oh, it's uh, I, I could send you some recommendations. They've they've got they're still around today. Uh, Lemmy was only in the band for a brief moment in the early 70s uh, for like four albums and a live album. The live album is probably their most iconic stuff, but uh, it is next level psychedelic. I really I, I'd never heard anything like it in my life. It's uh, L- Lemmy playing bass. And even when he's not in the band, it's like really heavy bass driven, like prog rock with yeah. with on top of that, like guitars and flutes and, po- and, and poetry and <laughs> <laughs> and everything is space themed. It's all about space. Oh, I have to listen to it now. Uh, my, my favorite album, it's pre Lemmy. It's called uh, In Search of Space. It's actually called X In Search of Space because they started out as planet x was their name and they were like they, they they also they'd like tuned their instruments based on some astrology and celestial based things because they they would say that the the resonance of the universe like changes at hey, different man. times so we maybe we we tune differently every night based on the position of the stars and shit like that but this stuff i was taking lsd like i said and i was doing shit like laying down I lived in a little, little, uh, 15 foot fifth wheel trailer. And I built a little bunk in that where I only had like two feet of space. You know, I couldn't sit up in bed. I had to lay down and I'd put my speakers one on each side and put on, put on in search of space and crank it up and be on LSD and just lay there (laughs) and listen to that shit. (laughs) And I would, I would take, I, I went to, I went to some, some, I went on some next level trips doing that it all culminated in that um much later in my life i actually got to meet one of the members of of hawkwind and spent some time with them and uh he and some younger guys played a show where they they curated the entire list to my favorite hawkwind from when i was 15 and doing that no way that's cool it was it was really 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 crazy special and it also happened right before like three days before my first son was born um, what and and that guy nick turner unfortunately he just passed away um but uh he was was talking all about like home birth to me and he was this was before i'd gotten here he was all about raising chickens and home birth and all of this fucking cool shit that was like i was like yeah like i need to he was really getting me by the end of that night i was like i need to change my priorities on like how i'm doing some things because i'm just kind of living life and here's this guy who's just been smoking weed and playing music his whole life. And he kind of has his shit together in such a better way than me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but uh, I even, I even got kind of worried. I was like, I don't want to know what Nick Turner was so cool. There's no way he's playing into this pandemic shit. That guy was definitely anti-vaccine and all that kind of stuff. <sighs> I was so afraid to look him up. I finally looked him up in 2021 or so. And it was kind of cool. It was like, huh, he completely disappeared from everything in in March. Like his last thing he ever did on any social media was like March 2nd or 3rd of 2020. And he just went radio silent. And then in 2022, early 2022, he put out an album that's all instrumental. And it's and it was called. I won't do what you tell me. Something like that. 
and interesting it's not my favorite stuff by him by any means but it's it's like oh that's interesting and then he passed away so but mm. I, I think some of those people from way back then, because I mean, this guy goes back to the 60s playing this music and shit. Like, you couldn't sway a guy like that on on COVID. You know, he, he actually stayed true. He's kept smoking weed and playing music his whole life. He didn't end up putting on the suit and tie and just going along with the flow. So why would he have done that, even if all of his friends did it at that time? Because that's what the whole music industry did. We saw of that. Of course. Oh we yeah. Saw that. They all they all dude Dave Grohl even did a movie about the devil. Uh-huh. Like like he's got a very ritualistic movie out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know anything like about so it. So many I've people seen, it catches uh, my I refuse eye to and, watch it. And then I, go, I refuse oh, to watch no, 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 it. No, no. I'm intrigued by it, but I won't watch it. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, nah, man, I can't give that my energy. I just can't. It'd probably be funny. I'd probably laugh. It'd probably be entertaining, but I just can't. <laughs> I, just, I just can't do it. Yeah. I don't want to give that my energy, man. Like the amount of the amount of musicians that man really disappointed me just really over the last decade. Yeah. Not even just COVID. It wasn't just COVID, to, man. To Obama and then Trump. Mm-hmm. and biden and and then covid it like like that like yeah it goes back to like 2010 ish uh, or maybe even pre-obama a little bit that i started seeing a real socialist edge on a lot of musicians that's when uh when i was on like myspace you know early um early social media kind of stuff and i started following all these musicians and bands and it's like oh this is cool like i can I can ask him questions and stuff, you know, like, uh, this is, this is pretty neat. Like they're, these, these seem to really be these people, but that was also the time of, um, Pandora and Spotify was coming around and all of these guys just fucking hated it. They just hated it. They were like, I I don't know. I, I started seeing this, um, that there was, there was a side to it that was like, they don't care if anyone hears their music or not they just want to get fucking paid for their music and that's kind of stupid like i think as as opposed to going with the flow and realizing that there's there's people aren't going to not make money off of music anymore they're just going to have to change that model and i I didn't like the way very many of them they would scold people for talking about spotify or pandora which i never really got too into like i said i like pandora but you know like I don't know. I've, I still, to this day, I don't stream my music. I, I almost everything I listen to, I buy a CD or a record and then I often put it into an MP3 format and carry it around with me. But uh, that's just the way I like to do things. I like having the physical copies and such, but I I think it's pretty shitty if someone, especially back then, as it was, as it was burgeoning into a new era to have uh, been mad at their fans. Right. Yeah, you're gonna be mad at the people that are listening to your music. Mm-hmm. Like, like, come on, man. Yeah, like let people jam your shit. Go tour, man. Like, go to, like go be your working, you know, musician. Like, it's don't the complain same. about your music being out there. It's the same as the musicians that like forever have been suing other musicians for stealing my riff. You know, that was my riff. You know, you can't take that. And it's like, ah. I don't know, man. Well, it's like you said earlier in this very podcast, flattery 
uh, flattery is the best form. No imitation is the best form of flattery. Um, you know, cause if someone's stealing your riff, if they're doing something new with it, that's, uh, that's like a tribute to you. They're well, not, there's only so many music notes you can play. Yeah. Right? right. Like, like you shouldn't be able to, to just be like, this is my collection of sounds. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how do you get to own sound? Yeah. Right. Like, like what, how do you, how do you, that's why I'd like, I'm super anti-intellectual property. Like, like no you don't get to you know own how i form letters or how i make sounds you don't get to i don't get to stop you from improving upon something that already exists when it's a thought when it's an idea it's an intellectual property right it's a it's it's ridiculous to think that anybody else shouldn't be able to take that and improve upon that uh you know a good example of this is um one of those old 60s psychedelic bands that I just, I still love to this day. Spirit. You ever get into Spirit? No. Um, they, uh, they, Randy California was the, was the guitar player. His stepdad, Mr. Skins was the drum player. Um, and, and they put out a number of great albums. And on one of them, when I was getting into them, the first thing I thought when I heard this song, it's called Taurus. It starts out and it's Stairway to Heaven. And I was like, oh shit. These guys ripped off Stairway to Heaven. Oh, wait. This predates Stairway to Heaven by a number of years, like three or four years. And uh, I was like, oh, oh that's cool. Uh, Led Zeppelin oh, ripped, off, about this. Ripped, ripped, yeah. ripped them off. And then later I was like on the internet and kind of like trying to get to the bottom of it. Like, is it an accident? I mean, that that's it's a pretty iconic sounding thing today. But, you know, it's a nice sounding. It's, it's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a walk down a scale, you know? And uh, two people could definitely come up with that. Well, I learned that Led Zeppelin actually opened for Spirit before Led Zeppelin had put out any albums. Led Zeppelin had even covered the song Taurus before. And it was pretty clear. And all the way down to Randy California, he had publicly stated like, yeah, no, I don't care. Like, I, I appreciate them doing that. Like they did. They took it they made it a commercial success that I always was trying to, and I never made a commercial success off of them. So go right ahead. Um, and I always thought that was kind of cool. But then a few years ago, the estate of Randy, Cal- Randy California has passed away now. And his family was, I think they failed, but they were suing Led Zeppelin. Finally, after <laughs> all these years, they were going to get their, their piece of that pie, but it's like, man, they're, such different songs they just happen to start the same right yeah I, like it, like david bowie and and vanilla ice right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. where that whole but i think, oh, all I think that bowie, sampling. bowie ended up winning that one i think all that sampling stuff it um, should be it's fine okay cool you made a hundred percent i think it's cool i'm gonna use it you want to know how like, retarded all that shit is bob i have some i have some kind of insight on uh on a specific thing which is uh negative land who is one of my favorite recording artists they do all of the sounds for the intro for this podcast um they they have always all they've ever done is essentially sampling they isolate sounds it's found sound collage they put it all together they make it into something new and they spit it out there. They got kind of big for one minute 
uh, in the late eighties, they were on SST records, the black flags, uh, record label. And when they put out their one particular album on their escape from noise, it's full of samples. The whole thing is just sample after sample, all remixed and put back together to make new music. And, um, when then later down the road, Fatboy Slim bought samples from SST for large amounts of money so that he could legally sample Negative Land in his music. When Negative Land, they never asked, they're anarchists. They never asked for permission, <laughs> never once. They did get sued once by U2. <laughs> but uh, um, they... They, they're they're totally cool they they talk about this uh all the time and they still never like sst they never got paid for anything they did through sst they never paid for anything they did either as far as sampling and all that kind of stuff but sst was making it's not like massive amounts of money but thousands of dollars off of these samples that he was selling to fat boy slim and then the people that negative landed ripped off ended up suing fat boy slim and Fatboy Slim in turn sued SST and SST tried suing Negative Land in all of this. And they're just like, uh-uh, <laughs> you can't fucking touch us, dude. Like, <laughs> we didn't ask permission. We didn't charge anybody any money. Like, we're we're out on this. But all of that stuff, people pay thousands, all those raps, rappers that are using samples, maybe not all of them. There's probably cool ones out there who aren't. But they're like paying money. It's a it's a money laundering racket, is really what. Oh it is. yeah, and those SST guys were definitely a part of that money laundering racket. They knew what they were doing. Oh yeah, they they were taking it all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. I mean the the music industry, unfortunately, is rife with with corruption. Oh, um, yeah. anything with power is right. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you give anything any power it's going to just instantly get corrupted. (laughs) Well, I think that they take certain players to do the true corruption because sometimes I ask myself questions. Like we were talking about Hawkwind earlier. Hawkwind is like the space band from back in that era. Right. And they're, and they're, they're UK based, but yet when the moon landing supposedly happened, I don't know if you know this, this is one of my favorite facts when I was younger. Pink Floyd was live in the studio in Great Britain for the moon landing and they soundtracked for all the people over there as they watched one one step for man, one giant leap for mankind and all of that. Pink Floyd really? is live in the studio making space noises and hanging out back there. No which is way. which is pretty interesting isn't it <laughs> that is interesting but i ask myself so why pink floyd why not the way more no-brainer fucking band that's like actually about space pink floyd's psychedelic sure but it's not space-based psychedelia whereas there's this other band that is they would be like the proper band to have used at that time but instead they choose this other one but yet like i've met nick turner and i know that guy's cool i think all of those guys were actually outsiders and they stayed actually outsiders and they're still making music to this day too as outsiders they've always been on the outside because they never as we put it in a different episode about movies they never drank the the baby's blood they never took that offer but pink floyd 
they stepped right in. Oh yeah. That was when Sid Barrett I mean, was still at doing his thing it, it too. Very well, you know, and think about that. How many, how many lead singers have, have died, right? Especially mm-hmm. the 27, 27 club. club, um, you know, and Sid Barrett, he, he didn't die, but man, he, he tripped he out. Went out there. He, he went, went out there. He went out man. there. <laughs> I, I still remember a story I was told or I read or something about the last time Sid Barrett was ever seen. I think uh, I was watching something on probably MTV where they were interviewing somebody and they were like, yeah, the last time Sid Barrett was seen was in a, in a, a clothing store and he tried on two completely different sized pants and he was in the dressing room for like an hour and he came back out with the pants neatly folded and he put them on the, on the counter and he said, they're both a perfect fit. And he walked out and yeah, nobody had ever him. seen him. <laughs> yeah. What a weird guy. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly kind of the story behind him is that he, he just said no more one day and went and lived with his mom for the rest of her life and took care of her garden. That's yeah. That's a story. That's a story. I, I don't fucking really know what to believe there. I don't care. I really, uh, but it uh, is, it but it is been, the music he would have put out. Pink Floyd would have been a different band. Oh, they were a different band like, before, before he went. Uh, like, oh, man, I, I they, still love, I love that first album. Um, it's not saucer full of secrets. I don't think. Piper at the gates done. Yeah, that album is just, it's like next level. It's so, it's so awesome. That song in Stellar Overdrive, where it starts out with like a real heavy riff. And it's like 18 minutes long or something as it, as it focuses around that riff and slowly it just kind of disappears into like fucking madness for like 10 full fucking minutes. And by the time you're like, what in the fuck am I even listening? You forget what you were listening to. And then all of a sudden that riff starts coming back. It's like, oh man, that is, I I love that shit. Oh, that's Pink Floyd and Rush were the two most played bands when in the nineties, when I was doing a lot of psychedelics, Uh like it was Pink Floyd or Rush most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that makes a lot of sense to me. I've never been a huge Rush fan, but I I totally get it. Instead of Pink Floyd and Rush, I was doing Hawkwind and Gong, <laughs> which they're they're just kind kind of outsider versions of that or whatever. Right. Um. Because Gong, uh, like Rush, if I'm under if I understand correct, they're kind of like libertarian based lyrics and stuff for the for the early yeah. stuff. Yeah like gong is same same concept except it's it's anarcho-capitalism in the fucking in psychedelic 70s with floating anarchy you know oh, man like i'm gonna have to listen to that too oh gong is gong is fucking gongs if, if there's a message behind gong's music it's the more you know you don't know what you know you know <laughs> <laughs> it's uh all their songs are about questioning how the pyramids were built and all that kind of shit really oh yeah Dude, it's i love it i'm gonna great have to stuff. check it out for sure uh and it's all exposure right i was thinking about that um like there was some stuff that i was exposed to that would be considered fringe but looking back on it man i liked like i i 
it was a lot of mainstream music that I listened to. Um, I listened cross genres mostly, you know, I listened to anything that was, that was decent. Um, but I didn't get really hard into it, like super, like, um, I guess unknown stuff mm-hmm. now that I think about it. And a lot of it is that prog rock stuff, man, but I love it. Like mm-hmm. it's like that stuff is You awesome. posted something a long time ago now. Uh, it was probably within a year, but uh, about a band called Black Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. What was that about? I, I, I never ended up listening to them, but I, I, I like put up, I put they're, them on a, on a list. I don't know if they're I would on the say list. Frog rock, but they're, they're kind of along those lines, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's almost just like dark, almost folky, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, dark folk is maybe I, better, I, I, I like that. better i like term. that as a as a as a concept i love genre cross like i i'm i'm into if if it if you if you have to use two genres to describe them and at first people say that doesn't work i go ooh, yeah i want to hear that <laughs> right yeah um i'll send you some of their stuff we can we can swap some music recommendations oh sure um because I, I stumbled across that album um, because I had acquired a, a case of CDs. Somebody owed me some money and he gave me his case of CDs. He was like, here, I don't have any money. And I got just a case of CDs mm-hmm. and it was all kind of random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Black Mountain was one of the things that was in it. And when I listened to that, I was like, all right, man. Like, I'm, something to it? I'm into this. Um, and there was another one. There was a few just weird albums in there of stuff that I'd never heard before, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "All right, man." And and that's the good thing about the internet is the ability to have exposure to stuff, and that's why I like yes. Pandora. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'll it will just kind of play random shit, mm-hmm. and I'll come across some stuff, and I'll be like, "Ooh, what's this?" Yeah. Though I get I get kind of stuck in a loop, like. Like I listen to a lot of the same stuff over and over before I'll switch it up. Sure. I, I do the same thing. I'm stuck in a loop right now. I'm listening to soundtracks like nobody's business of old, like <sighs> grindhouse, uh, like Italian horror film soundtracks, like by Fabio Frizzi and, and nice. all, all these fucking people. But then I found this other band that's brand They're new. That's called Lawa L A W A. And they're like covering these old soundtracks, but condensing them down into like seven minute song length uh, chunks, like taking the whole soundtrack instead of listening because they can get, you know, maybe a little boring to the to the average listener. It's more it's more background music than headphone and, you know, suck you in. But then these these guys have turned them into songs that are like you could listen to it as a as a track, you know, that's rad. But I get stuck in these little loops and then I break out. But unlike what you just said i've for as long as i can pretty much remember i have been more on the the underground side the lesser known side of things i would get into mainstream stuff everything would start from a mainstream perspective like when i was like when i was 12 i got really into metallica and metallica was my favorite band and i listened to all <laughs> five albums that existed at that time 
um, over and over and over again, but it wasn't enough. I wanted to know what made Metallica tick. And so I figured out that they considered themselves to be a copy of this band called Diamond Head. And I started getting into Diamond Head, which some of some of your favorite Metallica songs might have actually been Diamond Head songs originally. Like Am I Evil is a is a Diamond Head cover. Um, they had the same they had the same lineup in that it was like drummer, uh, two guitar players and, um, and or even even drummer, bass player, lead guitar player, rhythm guitar slash vocalist. The only difference was his vocals sounded like a pussy, whereas James Hetfield was kind of like a badass, you know, uh, and yeah. So then I'm like way That's into this the, band, the this band that band. <laughs> nobody in my middle school has ever fucking heard of this shit. They don't care. <laughs> you know, if I play it for them, they're not impressed. They're not particularly Metallica fans in the first place, let alone. Whoa, dude, you hear this, this Metallica song back in the seventies. But then that turns into me trying to figure out what made diamond head tick. Like I always had this like digging back. What, what got them to play the music that they're playing? I used right. to always say, I'm always going to find, I know by the time I'm, I'm like 40 or 50, all I'm going to be doing is listening to like sticks hitting mud. And I'll be like, this is the original fucking metal dude. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> I made it. I made it all the way back. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but I've, I've, I've always stayed in this. Uh, um, like I get into, I get into the dead Kennedys and then I want to know what made the dead, what made the dead Kennedys, what the dead Kennedys are. So I start listening. It opens up to all these other bands and then I find something, then I move on to something else. And then I keep going out in different directions from there. And it's made it so that I, I feel that I've lived, I've lived a path of musically, as far as what I've listened to has been on a path of like always twisting down these like dark roads that nobody ever travels on. And uh, it makes That's... it, it's kind of fun. Cause I get to pull up shit that people have no idea what it is, but I can, I can usually hit someone's if someone, if I get an idea of what somebody likes to listen to, I can throw five or six bands at them that they're like, Holy shit. How did I not hear all of this? <laughs> you know, dude. And I love that. I love it when somebody shows me something and I'm like, whoa, where have I been sleeping on this my whole life? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What? <laughs> okay. and, then, and then I'll just listen to that straight for a long time because that's what it, you know, you know, being from the times of albums, mm -hmm. you know, you would just put on an album, you'd have your favorite album, you just jam the shit out of that album. Right. when it was a tape or a record you could wear them out yeah uh, cds would i mean i guess they CDs scratched out up too. <laughs> yeah if you, if I, you I wore a good enough, number of cds out <laughs> I I it was, it was less overplaying less overplaying more living in party houses right and taking them out of the stereo and setting them on top until you have a stack of like 20 of them up there and then people are drunk <laughs> at night going through there oh fuck this <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh yeah that's what i want freaking stumble and scratch it all up putting it in spilling beer on it oh, ashen cigarettes <laughs> dude i had one of my favorite little books of cds in a work truck i had a long time ago and somebody broke into it and stole them and i like 
I didn't know what all was in it. And I lost so much good music that I was never able to replace. It was like a hundred of my favorite albums and somebody just jacked it. And I was just like, man, I should have had a list of all of that. I've (laughs) seen so many hundreds of those books in pawn shops. Not anymore. I'm, I'm maybe they're still around in pawn shops. I don't go to pawn shops so much anymore, but yeah, I, I would look at them sometimes and it would be like, oh man, someone is so fucking bummed because this is like, like this person was super into grunge and they've just got it all. They've got fucking CD after CD after CD. This was, it took someone a long time to put this together and someone fucking smashed and grabbed it and sold it for fucking five bucks, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, and it had, it had happened to me more than once. But that pack was like my my main jams. That was the the master case. I lost case. all of it, man. I lost all of it. It was where I had like some special live recordings of some stuff. Mm-hmm. There was a local guy named James Gooden um, who did really raspy bar renditions of like old ninety seven songs, and uh, and then his own stuff. And he was just amazing. And I had two of his albums and it's not, that's not something you can replace. Like, like they don't really exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't, I'm not going to be able to find that on eBay or anything. It was just some local loser that was really amazing. This amazing, like just alcoholic downtrodden musician dude and he it came through in his mute how he played and i was really mad that he never he never made it like when i heard he was still kicking around my hometown i was like fuck really like damn man i I was kind of hoping that dude was gonna make it is he still making music in your home in your old hometown i have no idea i've just kind of heard he's still around and he'll play every now and again And so I think he got out of music for whatever reason. He played at this bar that we always went to. Um, and we'd just freaking hang out with him. Like he got to be friends with him kind of because he, we were always there. I think most people who never get out of their old hometown, who are musicians in particular, artists in particular, they usually end up being drug addicts or, or, severe alcoholics and it's usually ends up being a pretty pretty sad story um like an exception to that isn't necessarily in his hometown but lanny and i love this this uh this guy r stevie moore the initial r robert stevie moore Mm. um the guy has like 400 albums something like that um but he's never recorded with anybody else (laughs) he he does it all by himself wow his, his recording goes all the way back, actually, to he's from Nashville. His dad was a part of a band called the Nashville 18 Players. He, when he was a little kid, he's playing on like old Bob Dylan albums and shit. Because uh, his dad, what? the 18 Players, they were like Patsy Cline, Bob Dylan, like all these, uh, Johnny Cash, like the backup band, the studio band. His dad was that band, right? So wow. as a little kid, he was in the studio doing all this shit. And he grew up and... I think he was he like my favorite song by him is called I hate people. Um, <laughs> I think he just doesn't get along with people too well. And he's just always I get it. He's always been recording <laughs> just always. And that's why he ends up with 400 fucking albums. They're not like you can't buy them all on Amazon like that or 
at a, at a store, there's probably 60 of his albums that are like on real labels that other people released. Otherwise he doesn't care. He just keeps recording. And most of them are only, we're only on a cassette that he, every copy was one that came out of his tape deck kind of a thing. Wow. Uh, but the guy made it all the way to, he was like 65. It was the year that Lanny and I got married. He went on tour for the first time. <laughs> and oh, shit. Uh, he, uh, he got, it was some young guys, a band called, um, oh, Tropical Ooze or something. I'd never <laughs> heard of them before or since, <laughs> but they were, they were like fans and they got to know them and they said, Hey, you want to go on tour? We know how to play all your songs. Let's go on tour. So they got him to go on tour and it was like, I, I got to talk with him and stuff and he's wearing pajamas. He wore pajamas for the entire uh, tour. Nice. Because as he, as he I branded himself that. for it was he's the bedroom recording artist because <laughs> he's never really left his bedroom before. And I talked with him and I was like, and I was asking him like, was this on purpose that you, you know, stayed where you're at? And he was, he was kind of offended by, it. he's like, no, I've been trying to get famous since I was 10 years old. I've been trying to be a famous musician since I was 10 and no one has ever paid attention to me. And uh, it's, it's ironic that here I am, I'm ready to fucking croak and I'm going on tour for the first time. Cause no one's ever offered me a fucking dollar for anything I've ever done. And I've just never stopped. And at that time he kind of wow. did get a little famous because along with recording all these albums, he also made music videos right alongside with uh with mtv the same as any any other real in quotes real artist had music videos he made videos they look just like the mtv ones except they're shot by him by himself on a vhs camera <laughs> <laughs> and he uploaded all those to youtube wow. so now now all of a sudden people started discovering the bedroom recording artist <laughs> with 400 albums and his you know five fucking thousand videos that he has that he put up all on on youtube <laughs> holy shit man i might have to check that out too oh he's homework. he's fun if especially these days i mean i could recommend albums for days by him but uh you just go to go to youtube and look for like that song i hate people by r stevie moore and then just follow the what look for out look for song titles that that intrigue you and and check it out because <laughs> he just he sings about daily life like it'll like like one of my favorite songs is the the full title is the disabled lad wants you to buy him a wheelchair with the money that you won at the horse race and it's about a disabled lad wanting him to buy him a new wheelchair with the money that he won at the horse race <laughs> Uh, it's amazing <laughs> but it's uh but within that like it's it's weird it, it, all of his music's a little weird but it's very catchy it's pop rock it's rock it's not um it's not like comparable to the gong or or hawkwind weird psychedelic kind of stuff it's it's normal music it's just everything he's a little a little twisted in the head his phrasing is always he, he, the words that he puts next to each other I feel like could fill a book of just amazing things to say. Like he'll just say in the middle of a song, it comes to, cause Jane's a dictionary, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just dumb shit. All right. 
I, man, I like I like new music, man. Um, and I haven't gotten any I haven't gotten any new stuff in a while. I've been listening to old stuff. Somebody somebody uh messaged me on Instagram and said they had gone to like a uh, Tool Deftones and Incubus concert. Oh, yeah. And I was like, "All right." Yeah. And so I started looking at uh, I started listening to Incubus again and looking at their lyrics. And man, they got some crazy like lyrics or something that I've been focusing on a little bit lately. And dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. The lyrics that that are out there in some of these songs. It's like like wow. Well, you were saying I mean, too- we just went to Dave, Dave Matthews. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask and him. man, his concert shirts had some crazy Illuminati type symbolism with yeah like a stairway between pillars and like red cardinals like a sun and a moon over a a firmament type situation with a tree of life a lot of it sounds like like uh old mason woodcuts and shit like that yeah dude yeah crazy that's that's so weird uh what does dave matthews is it easy to sum up what dave matthews sings about it's just um, girls and stuff, right? Or is, well, it de- is it deep? It's it's definitely deeper than that. Okay. I think that's what a lot of people think it is because he usually plays to college age crowds. Uh-huh. Right? But no, nah, man, it, he's got he's got amazing stuff, man. I love Dave Matthews band. Like I, and it's it's a big band. So there's like there's a horn section, there's string section, like there's like I it's figure there's gotta be a lot to it. Cause everyone that I've ever known that was a Dave Matthews fan, they're not just a Dave Matthews fan, they're like into it. They like they 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 listen to all of it and they they like all of it. It's you know, a little similar to uh to like Deadheads or yeah. uh, or fish, fish. Stands. yeah if, or are you ever into either was, of those bands yeah man yeah jerry garcia is an awesome dude and i freaking i loved fish i had a friend of mine um that that uh followed him for a while mm-hmm. like he he just was like fuck it i'm out and he took off for like a year and a half and just yeah. followed fish and i was like damn like that's crazy. <laughs> like I don't like any band near that much, man. I'll go see a concert, but I'm stoked on those people. I'm not that guy. For closest thing would for me would be maybe the residents, but even then, it's not even close. But I, there are three bands that I think of in particular, um, and they've they've all come up. Uh, Fish, Dave Matthews Band, and Tool are all bands that their fans I appreciate the shit out of them as a, as a big music lover who doesn't particularly like any of those three bands. <laughs> I, I love the enthusiasm that these guys have when I, I've known people for all three bands who insist that I like them, you know, no, you got to hear this, <laughs> know this, know this. And um, it just hasn't ever really grabbed me. Right. But that's not to say I don't appreciate the music, but what I really do appreciate is anybody's enthusiasm because especially nowadays, but it's been this way for as long as I've been listening to music, there's like a, um, a black cloud over liking something too much, you know, like, right. Like, Oh, you're, you know, you're too into that. That's not, that's not cool. You should only like it this much, not this much. And uh, I say, fuck that. If someone likes it, if, 
like like you said and i and i and i agreed that i do the same thing i get into loops where i'm stuck i'm listening to the same shit over and over again if i'm stuck in that loop forever that's cool because i'm enjoying myself it's not right if i wasn't if i was doing that even though i didn't like it well then that would be stupid but if i just don't find myself liking other music because i really fucking love fish and all i ever want to do is listen to and talk about and go see fish like (laughs) fuck yeah go do that hell yeah dude those parking lots at like dead shows and fish shows were apparently like the place to be that's what i've heard like i always wanted to go to one just to experience the parking lot at one of those places i think you're a couple years older than me bob i'm 41 uh but when i was in like elementary school when i was becoming aware of things outside of my own little world and other things that were out there i i thought the coolest fucking kids were the kids that i knew had dropped out to go follow the dead like man i wish i knew some of those kids i i mean like, but they were older they were, they were older than me you know like that no one my age did that by the time you got to my age J- jerry bear was dead man jerry yeah dead. man i i knew people who would say shit like that and then later i knew people who would follow fish one of my one of my best friends he went and followed fish for a few years and stuff you know and he's not really into the band but he was into the, the parking lot culture of it yeah he uh I think he made soapstone pipes or something like that. I mean, sell pipes out of a van, you know, make made enough, made enough to get sandwiches every night. Dude, so he didn't yep. starve. I'm like, dude, yep. you and were that's... fucking. You, and then that, and that guy, and that guy is, I don't know where he's at exactly today, but like we were anarcho capitalists together three years ago. Like he, that shit led him to the Ron Paul movement essentially yeah. as he got older. Cause he, he lived an anarchist lifestyle when he was like 17 years old. He fucking went and lived in parking that's what lots. That is. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. You trade, you pretty much bartered and traded and did and what he, you needed to well, and, and just he so and you everyone, could get to all, the next show. They were entrepreneurs. They were, they were buying and selling. They weren't like, fuck your money, man. All this stuff should be free. No, they wanted to charge for it. They wanted to, they wanted to make enough money yeah. to get enough gas to get to the next parking lot. Pure capitalism, that, baby. Pure capitalism. Pure capitalism. <laughs> yeah. All of them should be fucking unvaxxed <laughs> and anarchists today. I bet a lot of them aren't, but you know. Yeah, that progressive hole just sucks those kind of people in, man. It does. It does. It, it seems so enticing. It seems so enticing. They're just like, it sounds like I'm being a good person if I am with this group. Like, Mm-hmm. It's just like you're not. Yeah, <laughs> you're and not. you know, just in case you didn't know this, and uh, you know, maybe we'll we'll make this a, a final final thought for for this episode because we're up on our time. But uh, Jerry Garcia was a paid asset of the CIA. Oh sure, that is that is a fact in 2023. Sure. So I mean, what was that all about? That, or no, actually, I think you might it's have been, like no, it's he was just, on the FBI payroll, not CIA. Um, it's a. Uh, it's just like I can I can divorce the art from the artist. Right? Like yeah, most artists in our time were asshats. Anybody that's popular. Yeah. You know. And so I ha- I had a thought about that while we were talking. It's like, man, you've gone to links from like a natural instinct to re- get to the music 
to get to the pure music, the people that did the music because they wanted to make music. And a lot of what I listened to was was more popular shit, man. I was in a small town in Texas, so you know it was uh, <laughs> it was it was just kind of what you heard on the radio or what your friends or your big brothers or your cousins were listening to. Yeah. Um. And uh, and those were the people that that were either co-opted or created out of the MK ultra program to take sure. over the music sure. scene and take those people that were listening to the Hawk winds and, you know, move them over to dream oh, theater, yeah. you know, um, because there was a, uh, there were those big bands. Now maybe there's some, some ones in there that were honest actors, right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd hate to think anybody like King Crimson was was a created band from the from the state, but maybe I hear Robert I mean, Fripp is real fucking cool these days. Yeah, I, I hear he's 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 not putting up with shit. I heard he's got I haven't seen it at all, but he he and his wife have a YouTube show like every Sunday morning. It's just them really hanging out in their garden and fucking talking shit on. I, I believe they talk shit about COVID and vaccines and all that kind of stuff. Just, right. what I, just what I heard. And that guy is fucking rich. You know why that guy's rich? Windows Vista. Remember that? That was yeah. uh, every, every computer had it. When it would start, it made a little noise. It was like a little kind of sound. This is uh, if, if you heard it again, you'd go, oh yeah, that, that sound. Robert Fripp did that on his computer or on, on his guitar. And really? He got and sold it. He got royalties on every copy of Vista that ever was sold. Wow. For like a half a second of sound he made with his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's brilliant. Fuck yeah. That is brilliant. <laughs> I I applaud you, sir. And yeah. you have earned every dollar. And if he and if he earned all those dollars and now he's just fucking hanging out in the garden and making YouTube videos that are saying fuck vaccines. I'm the guy is it. the guy is my fucking hero. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I can't really. I haven't verified. You won. That, so, you, know? <laughs> you have won, sir. <laughs> Tip my hat to you. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's through Windows Vista. That would be he got that money from Bill Gates. From Bill Gates, <laughs> right? <laughs> fight, fight, fire with fire. Like, that's even better, man. But, but that's still freaking getting to Bill Gates. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, well, let's let's wrap it up, Bob. All right, man. I'm feeling well, content as fuck. I don't know about you. I am, man. And I'm going to make it a point to listen to more music. Um, I need to I need to dig into some some music like I used to. I, like I used to be I used to be in the in the music scene a lot deeper and you know, I need to need to get away from all the bullshit distractions and just go back to jamming music when it was, you know, back in in the day when you weren't doing anything. You were just jamming. You just put on music. Do you like to listen to like whole albums from start to finish or are you yeah. more? Yeah. Like, yeah. OK, I'll uh, I'll send I'll send you a couple couple things to check out after this. Awesome, man. Uh, which I, I didn't send you last week. I also want to send you that Bugs Bunny and Christopher Columbus uh, flower. Oh, yes. Too. Yeah. So I'll I'll get off my ass and send you some links real soon. Hell yeah, man. I'm interested. Oh. Love it. All right, man. Well, let's this wrap it up. This was a good one, dude. This was fun. Love I'm it. glad we yeah. we we stayed light. 
but yet we still happen to go down a few rabbit holes. I think that it is impossible for you and me to talk for an hour about anything and not go down a rabbit hole. (laughs) At least, at least just the tip. Just the tip. I mean, there's just so many. (laughs) You you take two steps, you're going to fall in one. Oh, I know. It's it's hard teetering up here in between the holes. (laughs) There's almost no land left. It's it's tightrope walking, man. And all those holes are connected just below the surface. It can all cave in at any moment. Ah! <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, brother. All right. With that, I bid you adieu. When I hear what we call music, collective unconsciousness, it seems to me that someone is talking. And talking about his feelings or about his ideas of relationships. But when I hear uh, traffic, the sound of traffic here on 6th Avenue, for instance, I don't have the feeling that anyone is talking. I have the feeling that uh, sound is active. And I love the activity of sound. What it does is it gets uh, louder and quieter. And it gets higher and lower. And it gets longer and shorter. It does all those things which I've, I'm completely satisfied with that. I don't need sound to talk to me. You. We don't see much difference between time and space. We don't know where one begins and the other stops. So that uh, most of the arts we think of as being in time, and most of the arts we think of as being in space. I, Marcel Duchamp, for instance, began thinking of uh, time, I mean thinking of music, as being not a time art, but a space art. And he made it a piece called Sculpture Musicale, which means different sounds coming from different places and lasting, producing a sculpture which is sonorous and which remains. People expect listening to be more than listening. And so sometimes they speak of the innerless or the meaning of sound. When I talk about music, I gen- it finally comes to people's minds that I'm talking about sound. Make the sound. It doesn't is not inner, but it's just outer. And they say, that these people who understand that finally say, you mean it's just sounds? Thinking that to, for something to just be a sound is to be useless. Whereas I love sounds, just as they are. And I have no need for them to be anything more than what they are. I don't want them to be psychological. I don't want a sound to pretend that it's a bucket, or that it's a president, 
car that is in love with another sound. <laughs> I just want it to be a sound. Uh, and I'm, I'm not so stupid either. There was a, a German philosopher who's very well known, Immanuel Kant. And he said there are two things that uh, don't have to mean anything. One is music and the other is laughter. <laughs> don't have to mean anything that is in order to give us very deep pleasure. Was that the time or was that another time? There's another time. The sound experience, which I prefer to all others, is the experience of silence. Unconscious, collective. And the silence, almost everywhere in the world now, is, is uh, traffic. If you listen to Beethoven, or to Mozart, you see that they're always the same. But if you listen to traffic, you see it's always different.